Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Don't forget to visit our website, www.collegeadmissionstalk.com, or the show notes of each episode to access the alphabetical list of all the colleges available with the related audio link to the right of each school. The alphabetical list provides you with on-demand access to all of the episodes so that you may listen whenever you wish. And if you want to receive links to episodes before they are released on the podcast, along with other related resources, please fill out the email opt-in form also available on our website and in the show notes of each episode. Lastly, please email me with any questions or comments at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Christina Fasulo, who's an admissions counselor and adjunct professor at the College of New Jersey. Christina, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm great. How are you, John? I am doing great, and I'm very excited about this opportunity to hear about yourself and the College of New Jersey. So, Christina, let's get right to it. What are some of the things that you personally love about the College of New Jersey that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Absolutely. I think that there are so many different things I could talk about here, being both a current staff person, faculty person, and a double alumna. I like to think I'm a full package, so I love to talk about TCNJ. But one of the pieces I love to talk most about TCNJ is truly the community of people. And that's why I fell in love with the institution. I felt it was so inclusive to all walks of life. And it was truly an opportunity for students to succeed both inside and outside the classroom. So speaking as a professor, I really, truly hone in on students' strengths. I meet where their weaknesses are. And as a previous student, I have felt that connection as a student. So it's nice to kind of be on the other side of that table and be able to watch students really kind of flourish from the beginning of the semester and beyond the end of the semester and connect with them after many semesters later. what the other nice piece about TCNJ is the really the location, and I think that this is an understated piece for the institution, is that it's very centrally located to both New York and Philadelphia, and it's got a great city right in between, which is Princeton. So I think a lot of students find great opportunities, whether it's research or jobs or 
a shattering or whatever it may be in those major metro cities. And that just adds to our great job to grad school placement at 98%. Students are getting the hands-on experience that they may not find at a bigger institution. Well, we have a lot of those resources for those students to take ownership of those opportunities and then flourish and succeed once they leave the college. So there's a lot of things to love at TCNJ, but that's a few <laughs> for a recap. Well, we really appreciate that. You talked about the location in between New York City and Philadelphia, which gives students a wealth of opportunities such as research, jobs, internships. And I can't believe you said 98% job placement, which is astonishing. Christina, thank you so much for that introduction. We really appreciate it. So visiting campus before committing to a school is important to get a feeling of the campus and of course the surrounding area. So Christina, if a student is able to visit TCNJ, what are some of the areas they should visit and what are some questions they should be asking to help them determine whether or not it's the right fit for them? Yeah, absolutely, John. So we're located in a suburban city, which is Ewing, and there's a lot of suburban cities around us, such as Pennington. But I will say that if you have the chance to go to the area, the Princeton area is by far astonishing and so beautiful. So I would recommend taking a little detour to Princeton as well as driving along Route 1, that tends to be where a lot of our students will go for those hot spots of area, which include a Target or a ShopRite, the mall, um, including a lot of name brand restaurants and fast food chains. There's a Costco new, actually. So <laughs> I definitely recommend for students to familiarize themselves with the area that they could potentially be living in for the next four years. One piece that is super important if you're going to visit the campus is definitely ask uh, the staff and student ambassadors what it's like to be a student here on the weekend if you plan on residing on campus. What are the percent of students that tend to leave or typically they'll say it's a suitcase school? Is that something that TCNJ is? Or not typically a suitcase school? Actually, the last survey that went out for students that resided on campus, for a typical semester, oftentimes a student will go home maybe two weekends of the whole semester. So for the fall semester, you're looking at like fall break and Thanksgiving break. They're wanting to be on campus. They're so highly involved. So definitely pick the brains of your tour guides and see what it's like to have activities on the weekends or during the week. What does this college do to get the students invested and engaged and involved. So that is one of my biggest tips if you're going to visit the school is figure out the area and pick the brains of your tour guides. Well, you mentioned earlier the inclusive community and the great connections that students make on campus. And I appreciate that you shared for most weekends, they actually stay. They don't go home. It's not a suitcase school. I also want to share, Christina, that I read a statistic that 94% of the students returned for a second year. So it was a 94% retention rate, which is a testament to the great work that you do in admissions, but also the great work that TCNJ does to keep students happy and on your campus. So my compliments to you and uh, your entire staff. So what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in attending the College of New Jersey? And do you track such things as part of your overall admissions process? Yeah, absolutely. 
But before I dive into that question, I wanted to touch on what you said. The student retention rate is probably my second favorite statistic next to the job to grad school placement. And I failed to mention it earlier, but it is one of the highest for not only a public institution, but for one in the state in the Northeast. Average for at least New Jersey is about 66% for that retention rate, which means, yeah, it's really a great statistic in the sense that from first year to second year, students are not looking to drop out. They're not looking to transfer to another institution. They're truly cultivating happiness on campus. And I think that I always say I'm a testament to it because I really, truly never left in any (laughs) aspect. But I think that the students are loving the campus. They're happy. They're doing what they want to do. And they're having a great time doing it. And I think that's all about the college process. So going back to this question, um, Yeah, absolutely. We definitely track interest within TCNJ throughout the application process. So we, one of the biggest things that we look for in applicants is, and we do say it's demonstrated interest. And I don't know if they've heard it from a different admissions counselor or different institutions, but we like to see that they come for a campus tour or they come to one of our major Lions Days open houses. Those typically happen on a weekend. Other opportunities could include just reaching out to an admissions counselor or a staff member. I'm one of the most fortunate people on staff because I do get to work with specific states such as New York and Connecticut. So I really get to know my population very intimately in the sense of I meet them on the road. I know them by name. I know what they're interested in if I meet them again at a fair. And then I get to read their applications. So from beginning to end, watching them through the beginning part of the application process to getting their acceptance, to submitting their acceptance to them, To watching them open their acceptance letter is really (laughs) a powerful and fulfilling opportunity that I'm so lucky that I get to work on the out-of-state team, which is part of the piece that I would love to say is that President Kate Foster of the College of New Jersey has this overarching strategic plan for the next five years or so to increase our out-of-state population. We currently stand at about 7% of our student body is out of state, but we want to increase that to 15%. So there is no better time to apply to the College of New Jersey than now. You don't have to pay an application fee, get all four years of housing guaranteed. So there's a lot of opportunity as to why you would behoove you to apply to TCNJ, but I also want the statistics to speak for itself. So if you have a chance to visit, I highly recommend it. And the last piece I will mention about demonstrated interest, which is real easy, is we do have what's called a quest to get to know you better. It's an optional three-question form that we put in our TCNJ portal at the time a student applies. And really, it's more questions about you and who you are, if you could invite a speaker on campus. Well, we offer that in lieu of interviews since we don't conduct interviews as part of the application process. So I think taking that extra step to fill that out really demonstrates an interest as part of the applicant showing that they want to be a part of the TCNJ community more than anything. Well, we appreciate that overview and the insight, Christina. Thank you so much. I was also curious, does TCNJ have an honors program? And if so, how are students considered for the program? In other words, do they have to apply separately? 
Yes. So last year was the first year that we've removed the honors program piece as part of the admissions process. And our honors department has really taken ownership of it. So now the process is any full-time TCNJ undergraduate student with a cumulative GPA of 3.0 or higher is eligible to apply to the TCNJ's honors and scholars program. First-year students may not apply until their first semester is over at TCNJ. Understood. Thank you so much. And let's dig a little deeper into the overall application. I know that the College of New Jersey, like many other schools, is in fact test optional. Christina, can you share the percentage of students that apply and that are ultimately admitted that did not submit their test scores? Yeah, absolutely. So looking at last year's application pool, about 33% of our applicants submitted a verified test score. And within those applicants, 74% of those were accepted. So a very small portion submitted test scores, and then a large portion of those who did submit test scores ended up being accepted. That's terrific, Christina. Thank you so much for sharing that data. And I was curious, with the increase in schools going test optional, and of course the ease with which to apply thanks to things like the Common App and the Coalition App, schools are obviously receiving far more applications than ever before. So as admissions professionals, how do you determine the number of applicants to accept, waitlist, and even deny when you receive far more applications from deserving candidates than seats available? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really tough question. But typically, we've always been a highly competitive school for admissions. So we've used demonstrated interest, which we've talked about earlier, John, a little bit more and more to help us decide on who to admit, and it really improves our overall yields. So typically, we end up having increasing number of applications, but our seats tend to remain the same. And that's why that piece comes really imperative of filling out that quest or coming for a tour, reaching out to a counselor. And we'll use that to determine or sway if we're looking at two applications side by side and they're very comparable. We'll take the student who's demonstrated a stronger interest in us than the student we know who has never visited, never contacted us, hasn't even opened their portal. So that has become a very imperative piece of our application process. Well, we appreciate that insight as well. Thank you so much. And of course, Christina, the transcript is the most important part of the academic portion of the overall application. So can you walk us through what are you looking for when reviewing an applicant's transcript? And does it differ based on the student's intended major? Yes, absolutely. So when I give my <laughs> when I give my application <laughs> process spiel, I always say the very first thing we look at is what your intended major here is at the college, because that is how, as a staff member and an admissions counselor, we're going to review your application. So I always tend to pick on students who are interested in physics versus art history. I'm gonna look at things totally different, just. Pieces are going to weigh heavier. Pieces are not going to be so much insightful than others. So we definitely look at the major as probably the primary and first thing when reviewing the application. In terms of the transcript, we definitely like to see the student is holding academic rigor within the four years of their high school career. So we like to see that they're taking AP or honors, accelerated courses, IB. 
dual enrollment college courses at a local institution, those things really matter to us. But we also want to see that they're succeeding in those classes. So for us, it doesn't really help if you're taking 20 AP classes, but you're failing at every single one. So take the classes that matter to you and that you want to pursue. I always get emails from students being like, I'm so sorry, I had to drop history of whatever it may be, just because they were more interested in pursuing a different class, which actually works out to their favor, because that's what their major might be. And I always reply back that it's totally fine. The big piece beyond that that we look at is longevity in the four core areas. So as long as you're not dropping, let's say, an English, math, history, or science for something that's intro to cooking, I don't see a problem with changing your senior year transcript to reflect something that you're more passionate about and might end up working out better for you in the long run. Well, we appreciate the insight into your application process. Thank you so much, Christina. And what are the different ways a student may apply to the College of New Jersey? And is there a benefit to applying one way over the other? Yes, absolutely. We offer early decision and regular decision as a first-year option for our application process. For our transfer students, it's typically just a regular decision deadline. We don't offer early action or rolling admissions. And to explain this to the audience, early action differs from early decision in the sense that early decision is 100% binding at the time that you apply, which means you drop all other applications from any other institution should you be accepted to TCNJ in this instance. Early action is really you're finding out earlier, but it's not binding. So that is not an option we have to offer. We also, as I mentioned, do not offer rolling admissions, which is if you apply on a Wednesday, you'll find out your decision two weeks later on that same Wednesday. So our decisions for regular decision are not guaranteed until April 1st, but we do send out waves of notifications. So the earlier apply, you may be part of our first batch. Um, So it really behooves you to maybe apply earlier for TCNJ. The benefit for us really is that Early decision has a higher acceptance rate for our applicants. And the nice piece with early decision is that our applicants will know typically before Thanksgiving. We have our deadline November 1st. They're guaranteed to know by December 1st. But we tend to always say, happy Thanksgiving. Here's your acceptance. (laughs) So um, that is our way of kind of saying Happy holidays. But that is really the big benefit for us is early decision has a higher acceptance rate. So if you're thinking about a more competitive major, you know you want to come to TCNJ, I don't see why not. That would be a great option for our applicants. The only bad part is if you're a family waiting on financial aid, I would deter you from applying early decision. That would be the only difference. Well, thank you so much for that insight. We really appreciate it. And Christina, I received some inquiries about students that are homeschooled. How does the application process differ for them? Yeah, great question, John. Very simple. It is the same process. We look at their homeschool script, their letters of rec, the same way as if we were to look at a student from a public or private high school. So nothing for them changes on the front or back end in the application process. 
Well, I appreciate that. And digging even deeper into the overall application, obviously the essay is an important piece. Christina, what are some examples of college essays that left an impression on you? And what advice would you share with a student who's sitting down, getting ready to write their essay? Sure. One essay that I will never forget, and it was my first year working in admissions, so it was probably one of the first essays I've read in my career, was how a student overcame homelessness and adversity in a foreign language. And she talked about the struggle and I had to personally grab a box of tissues <laughs> hmm. after reading the essay just because it really was so beyond moving and really well written. So that is one piece. It's a very left field example. Typically, I tend to read a plethora of different essays, but that is the one example I always love to point out. But the important takeaway is that I always tell students this essay is the most colorful piece of the whole application process. Admissions counselors can read the black and white of a transcript and the letters of a rack from someone else. But the most colorful piece of the whole application is truly within the essay component. That is where we get a deep dive into who you are or what shaped you to be the person that's standing in front of us hypothetically. So I always say make it personable to you and to not talk about anyone else in your essay. You have this stage for five minutes. You grasped the attention of a missions counselor. Don't throw it away talking about Uncle Joe or Grandma Sue. Talk about (laughs) who you are. And I think that's probably the most powerful piece of advice I could give to any student. Well, I think that's great advice, and I love the way you put it. It's the most colorful piece. As we know, the transcript basically gives you a number. Yes, it talks about four years of building ramps, the courses, the challenges that you provided yourself, the tests, if you choose to submit them, also a number, a letter of recommendation from a teacher, that's someone else's voice, but Your essay, as you put it, the most colorful piece because it gives insight into who you are, students, as a person. So I really appreciate that, Christina. Thank you so much. And a student's activity sheet, of course, is another piece of the application. What are the kinds of things you're looking for on that activity sheet beyond the work they conducted in the classroom? Yes, absolutely. So how I segue into this conversation is that TCNJ really has over 200 student-run organizations at campus. So when we read an application, we like to see that a student is involved outside the classroom to some capacity because a potential TCNJ student is not only going to give to our campus, but they're going to gain something out of the four years of experience at the college. So some of the things that I typically talk about is if you hold a job, if you volunteer in your community, maybe you have family responsibilities or you have relevant career opportunities, you shadow a potential person in your field, you play a sport, you hold a leadership role. There are so many different things that you can talk about in the extracurricular activity sheet or a resume that really implement who you are outside the four walls of your classroom. 
So I always say, if you're spending your four to nine doing something, tell us about it. Because if it's important to you, it's important to us. With that being said, a lot of times students tend to leave out important details because they don't think it's relevant. They may own an Etsy business shop or they start a nonprofit. And they're like, well, this is just a side hustle or a small thing I spend my time doing. But I think that it's important to translate the work that you do outside of your hours within a classroom to an admissions counselor because you may start a new organization at TCNJ or a trend, whatever it may be. So tell us about it. Well, I appreciate that. So students, if there's anything that you do outside of the school day that's important to you, whatever it is, include it on that activity sheet to help the admissions reps get a better overall picture of who you are as a person, again, outside of that classroom. And Christina, does the College of New Jersey offer any programs for students that may have had an IEP while in high school to, of course, help ensure that they continue to be successful once they're on your campus? Yes, absolutely, John. So for TCNJ, we have the Accessibility Resource Center, or ARC for short, A-R-C. They collaborate with students, faculty, staff, and guests to advance access within the campus community and to further extend both the mission of the College of New Jersey and the mission of the Division of Inclusive Excellence to persons with disabilities. So we always say if you're a student that needed accommodations or you need that little extra oomph, whatever it may be, ARC is an excellent resource and they're so helpful. I've reached out to them a couple times both as a staff member and as a professor, where I've had students in the classroom who've needed further accommodations. And it's real easy to work with the student and the department. It really ends up simply being a statement saying, this is the student and this is what their needs are. And as a professor, you say, okay, great. This is how I'll meet your needs and this is our middle ground. So I think that it's a great resource that we have to offer at TCNJ for students who may need it. Well, that's terrific. And I always include the Office of Undergraduate Admissions in the show notes. Christina, if there are any links that you want to provide to the students and parents, in addition to the link to the Office of Undergraduate Admissions, just send it to me. And of course, I'll make it available in the show notes. So Christina, this has been a phenomenal conversation. The College of New Jersey is obviously so lucky to have you. You're an admissions counselor, an adjunct professor, a double alumna. But unfortunately, this leads us to our last question, which is, what are your top three pieces of advice you would give a student and their parents who are getting ready for the college admissions process? Absolutely, John. Before I give my three pieces of advice, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. <laughs> it has been a pleasure and an honor to represent both TCNJ and all the New York students because I know you reside in the wonderful state that I love. <laughs> so I am beyond floored to have been a guest on your podcast. So thank you so much for having me on. Our pleasure. Thank you, Christina. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I have three great pieces of advice that I would love to give students and parents as they're going through the college process. My first piece of advice is have an open mind when going through the process. It can seem very overwhelming and overdaunting, but it is extremely rewarding in the end. Take all the notes in the world that you want. Go on those tours. Don't be afraid to go on virtual tours now that 
that's so easily accessible given the pandemic. I think that there are so many opportunities to figure out what may work for you for a campus. Write down your list of needs, see what colleges are meeting your needs, but have an open mind. I know it wasn't too long ago when I was going through the process, I was very strictly looking at schools that only had this one specific major. And ironically, TCNJ was the only school I looked at that did not have this major. Uh, for me, <laughs> I it was dance. I was very into dance at the time. Um, and I had gotten all these schools. I went to all these dance, you know, recitals and auditions and TCNJ just did not have dance. But when I did an overnight stay with a current student and I saw that they had a dance team, I pivoted. I don't want to say my dream, but I pivoted what my <laughs> thoughts really were at the time. I was like, do I really want to major in dance or do I just not want to give up my love for dance? So having an open mind going through the process and maybe realizing the things that you really did want and may are not the things you really want and prioritizing it as such. So definitely visit campuses. I always say that's the number one thing. I think that's where the magic happens for a lot of students. So don't be afraid to go out on tours if you can. My second piece of advice is to not be afraid to ask those hard-hitting questions. As a counselor, we have never shied away from questions. We really embrace communication. Like I said, I work with New York and Connecticut students. So anytime someone from one of those two states calls the office, I'm like, I got it. Send them to me. I'm going to talk to them. <laughs> like I get so excited to talk to them. And all of our communications in-house really have our you can book me links, which are links to set up one on one chats, our email, our phone numbers. And I think a lot of times some institutions may hide away who they can contact. But for at least TCNJ, we're so transparent about who you can contact, you can talk to a real person and it, you, you end up on the <laughs> phone with an admissions counselor. So don't be afraid to ask those hard hitting questions. And to go off of that, when I was touring campuses, and I feel like if my mom ever listened to this podcast, I'm definitely going to share it with her. She was always the one person on tour asking the questions about laundry or what kind of computer to have on campus. And I would always be like, mom, you're embarrassing me. No one cares. But I realized at the end of the day, she was asking the questions that no one else was asking. She was asking questions about scholarships, asking questions about you know, dorming. And after I left, I realized, wow, those were important questions I should have asked. So squeaky <laughs> wheel gets the wheel sometimes and don't be afraid to ask. <laughs> my third piece of advice, which piggybacks off my last one, students, I want you to take ownership of this process for you. No one else to better advocate for yourself than you. A lot of times we get calls from mom and dad, aunt, uncle, grandparents, and that's fine. I can sit here and talk to your relatives all day, but it tends to become a little bit more awkward when they're like, oh, we're going to take the SATs this Saturday, or <laughs> we can't wait to apply for the incoming class. And I always want to say, well, sir, I don't think they're going to let you in the testing room. I think <laughs> that only your son or daughter can go. So. Definitely take ownership of the experience as admissions counselors. And I think I can speak on behalf of my colleagues. We truly want to hear from the students. And this is your experience at the end of the day. So 
take ownership, ask the questions, go out on tours, reach out. Um, that is my last piece of advice. Well, those are tremendous pieces of advice, Christina. Thank you so much. I am so happy as I know that this is going to help so many students and their parents as they navigate through the college admissions process. It was an honor and pleasure to have you. Thank you again, Christina. Thank you so much, John. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.